Face the Music, a pre-yellow song-by-song podcast, is brought to you by fine Patreoners like Luis Mendoza. This is Face the Music, a pre-yellow song-by-song podcast. Episode negative zero eight seven. Don't turn your back on me, babe. Don't Turn Your Back on Me, Babe was released as a single on January 7, 1966. It was written by Jackie DeShannon, who had 12 hits on the Billboard Hot 100 from 1963 to 1970. This was not one of the 12. Her biggest hit was in the summer of 1969 with Put a Little Love in Your Heart. The Knight Rider's song was produced by Norman Smith who engineered the Beatles albums up until Rubber Soul. He went on to produce the first, second, and fourth Pink Floyd albums. In the 70s, he started recording as Hurricane Smith and had a number three in America, number four in England, hit with Oh Babe, What Would You Say? With all that talent behind it, the Knight Riders never had a single make the charts. Hi, I'm Eric Winsenson. And I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm getting the fuzzies with this song. Uh-huh. As in Roy Wood turned up that fuzz on that guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. I was hoping you weren't going to confess to me about some sort of furry thing that you have going on. No, I'm going to leave the furries alone. They're okay, I guess. We all have our <laughs> kinks, as long as it doesn't involve children, animals, or the dead. But the fuzzy I'm referring to here is Roy Wood's guitar. Well, that's right. We're doing a podcast about music, not kinks. Yeah, this starts off with one of those drum intros that would have been popular with garage bands at the time, and then goes into the guitar and goes into a wonderful version of a Jackie DeShannon song. I like this. I really like this. It still sounds 60s, still sounds British Invasion, but... Uh, I don't know, as disappointing as the song that Roy Wood wrote and how, well, more like how they performed it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that broke them out of their mold a little bit. That could be. Yeah, because this is got to be 65, 66 on this one. It came out in January 66, so, you know, yeah, recorded okay. in 65. Yeah, it has that sound where it, things started changing over a bit at that particular point where there's a little bit more experimentation. And it's nice to see them at least going with it a little bit. Yeah, it sounds like a great garage single. So far, we haven't had any undiscovered gems until now. Last time around, they did an original song. And they weren't crazy about the original song. So I guess it was like, let's just go back to what worked so well before and do other people's songs. So they do this Jackie DeShannon song, which I friggin' loved. I think it's been a long time since we've been doing this podcast 
where usually in the morning before we start recording, I'll listen to the song, give it a few listens until I'm like, okay, I think I've heard it enough. Even ones that I like, I'll listen to it a few times and just, okay, let me get a break from it. But this one, I listened to it this morning, not the first time, but, and I, I, I didn't want to stop listening to it. I kept listening to it over and over again for about an hour. And yeah, it's, it's pretty freaking awesome. It's really great that they're not just flat out ripping off the Beatles or the Four Seasons. I feel like I'm getting Mike Sheridan and the Knight Riders. I mean, that was my complaint before. This is Mike Sheridan and the Knight Riders, but I don't think I'm hearing Mike Sheridan and the Knight Riders. I'm hearing the Beatles. I'm hearing the Four Seasons. Do something original. Something that is Mike Sheridan and the Knight Riders. And I feel like this is. Here you go. Here's Mike Sheridan and the Knight Riders. There are parts that remind me of other things. The first two slams on that drum, my mind immediately went to Sheila by Tommy Rowe. And I was wondering if they were going to go that route. And that fuzz guitar kind of reminded me of Valerie by the Monkees. I don't know. No, it hadn't been out yet. No, either a year or at least a few months ahead of Valerie. Nine? Well, it was, yeah, probably. I'm trying to, I know a single came out before it showed up on an album. Yeah, it was about nine um, months before the Monkees even went on TV, so. Yeah. There you go. Mike Sheridan and Knight Riders influenced the Monkees. Who knew? <laughs> I think it's a great song. I love it. I, I, I want this song, but I have to rip it from YouTube because it's not available anyplace else unless I go find a CD and rip it from a CD. But great friggin' song. And also a great friggin' song was the original. I liked that one, too. <laughs> I really liked the loud, jangly guitars on it. Musically, both of them are great. Lyrically, it's creepy. The bridge is what caught my ear for the lyrics, and then I looked into them further. So the words in the bridge, I think, really sum up the song and how creepy it is. Oh, now don't you give me no excuse now. Can't you see I couldn't stand to lose you? And if your love's not true, baby, fake it. Oh, fake it. Um... That's scary, desperate, and clingy. Especially that line about fake it. I know you don't love me. I know it's over. But, you know, if you could just lie to me that you love me and just go through the motions, I think everything will be fine. Because when only one person is fully invested in this relationship, what could possibly go wrong? That's true. Now, keep in mind, we're not going to blame this on Mike Sheridan. No. Because Jackie DeShannon wrote it. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder if in the 60s, if this was like, oh, it's just a standard issue, please don't leave me song, and everything's going to be fine. And, oh, okay, I guess they love each other in a way. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I don't know if I think as time has gone on, if somebody wrote a, a song like this, it would come off as really creepy and just somebody that uh, really everybody should avoid. I did notice that Mike Sheridan and the Knight Riders changed it from fake it 
to take it. My opinion on the Jackie DeShannon song, which is like yours. Instead of the fuzz guitar, you got that acoustic guitar in there, and then you got some strings, which are not overpowering the song. Great production on it, and her voice is wonderful. I don't care if she's stalking me at all. I'll, I, she looks like she's naturally aged well. She's in her late 70s. She doesn't look too bad. Most of her job is radio now. And, uh, well, you don't have to worry about <laughs> Looking much. good on radio. Yes, I, yep. I am well aware of that. You're homely as a mule's butt. Exactly. I love the song in both of its versions here. And I just was looking it up. How much would it cost to get a single of this? Well, you better get it on that Birmingham Beat album. Yeah, I kind of figured. Don't Turn Your Back on Me, Babe, by Mike Sheridan's Lot. It's okay. $104 on average on Discogs. Wow, okay. That is more expensive than the rest of their songs. It's it, obviously, and we're not the only ones who know what we're getting here on this one. Yeah, this morning when I just listened nonstop, I flip-flopped listening to both of them because I really loved both of them a lot. As for the sound of the Mike Sheridan one, this might explain why it sounds different. I saw on a page that's dedicated to the short history of Mike Sheridan and the Night Riders that they worked with Norman Smith. He engineered the Beatle albums up until Rubber Soul, so I don't know what worked with means. Did he engineer this song? Did he produce this song? Because that first Floyd album came out later in the year or the next year? Uh, 67. Okay, so the next year. He could have both produced and engineered because this was recorded at Abbey Road, I'm quite sure. Doesn't have a producer credit on the single. So it's probably, he may have done both. It sounds great. It does. The sound on it's great. The song itself is great. And, uh, well, once I'm in a little bit better position, you can bet I'll be finding a copy of that. <laughs> <laughs> As great as this song was, it was not a hit. Oh, here's the good news. Mm -hmm. The 104 is if you got a promo copy, just the regular copy that was released, about no. 11 bucks. Oh, okay. Even I can afford that. Yeah, that's perfectly affordable. I don't need a promo copy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need the promo copy just to be cooler than everybody else. Got something to say about don't turn your back on me. Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. Don't walk away. Great moments in electric light orchestra history. Don't turn your back on me, babe. Yes, that's a Jackie Shannon number, and that was our last recording for Columbia. And um, it was it was produced by a guy who had um, somebody, Horrigan Smith? Yeah. He had it on his own. Wasn't he an engineer at Abbey Road? He was an engineer. And uh, we did Don't Turn Your Back on Me. To me, it's the best record we ever did. And when uh, we'd finished it, I remember that this Smith, Horrigan uh, Smith, came over and said, if that don't get to number one, I'll eat, mate. So you've got number one there. Mm. See, that is a number one record. So we came out of Abbey Road, and yeah, they were made, this is it, great. We were getting a band where, well, if he said it's not number one, well, that's it's going to be, going to be number one. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, it never got any play. So one morning, Dave Edmonds played this. Hmm. 
And that's the only play I ever heard. Oh. I played it once. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Never heard it again. Enjoy the podcast? Then let us know with the universal expression of love, cash. You get swell extras when you subscribe at patreon.com slash ELOPod. At the $1 an episode tier, you can hear shows a week before the rest of the world. And at the $2 tier, you get expanded episodes with bonus material only found at patreon.com slash ELOPod. Help a poor man build a pretty dream and give us lots of money at patreon.com slash ELOPod. Say, hey, this is Dr. Troy. Here's my thoughts on Don't Turn Your Back on Me. I really love this song. I love the opening drum roll. It reminds me of the beginning of It Hurts to Be in Love by Gene Pitney. I believe I've mentioned the drumming before, but I think this song might just be the strongest drum work of any of the songs that I have heard. I also love the interplay between the vocals and the guitar. It's kind of a call and response where the singers will sing a line, then the guitar will respond. I love that. And I love the tempo change and breakdown in the middle. That's really good. The backing vocals kick in there. And I've mentioned before that I think the Knight Rider's backing vocals are particularly strong. And I think this is one of the best examples of that on this song. This song reminds me of a Searcher's song, particularly with the interaction of the vocals and the guitar. I'm thinking particularly of Don't Throw Your Love Away. It also reminds me not so much that it sounds like a Manfred Mann song, but in terms of the way Manfred Mann's records were produced in the mid-60s, this song reminds me of that. And all I can say after listening to these eight to ten songs or so of the Knight Riders is I am really surprised that they were not bigger than they were. I mean, I understand that the Mercy sound was ubiquitous at that time in England, And I don't think they ever would have reached the height of the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. But I think it's too bad that they didn't reach the level of, say, Herman's Hermits or Jerry and the Pacemakers, because I think the Knight Riders were just as good. Well, I'll talk to you next week. Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll read and reply to it on the show. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. Join our YouTube page, the Electric Light Orchestra podcast channel to hear other goodies. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod or use PayPal with the podcast's email or send a check or money order to P.O. Box 1932 Superior Arizona 85173. 
next week, episode negative zero eight seven. Hey, stop. Look.